We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I am your host, Stefan Leco. You can find me on Twitter at Stefan Leco, and I am joined by the one, the only, the beautiful Travis May. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. We are excited you guys are here. We are going to do a similar episode as what we did last week, uh, only this time we're focusing on the NFL, looking at risers, fallers, and of course, we'll uh, we'll look at some of those youngsters, those rookies, those guys breaking into the league. But before we jump into all that, how are you doing this week, Travis? I'm doing great. Uh, in, in just the time that you were doing that intro, I, I noticed that there was like 5K and trades that just took place. On like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like looking at, uh, you know, I'm basically on like quite often with like Mojo stuff. Uh, with you know the sports stock market for those of you unfamiliar and it's just hilarious to see all the action coming in on the NFL side college side uh we're, we're getting getting close to ready for NBA and college basketball stuff so oh, it's just yeah. I don't know it's just really an exciting time uh and it's still fresh for me so I have every day is just a lot of fun uh so yeah um and I think uh, the legal team does want me to disclaim that I am a part of Mojo and everything that I, I do and say is not necessarily a, a, any advice as it relates to the stock market. <laughs> so there you, you go. This is tell us where you've like to like up to like from this time last week to this week the biggest changes not going forward but some of the big changes that that have happened over yeah. the past week. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like with the NFL I mean, I was laughing like our whole staff was like, oh, my gosh, because of the market, uh, you know, with with the whole Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger thing right. um, th- that happened there. Uh, the market, man, they just pounced like so hard, um, like so hard that, that the Ellinger's price rose, I think, in one day, 160 uh, something percent. Oh, it might have even gotten close to 200 percent in one day. Uh, which is insane. So the, there weren't a ton of people that held positions, I don't think, on Ellinger, but the ones that did, as soon as it hiked to 200 plus percent, you just saw them like, oh, I'm going to cash out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like, just took, took a shower and some money. Uh, yeah. So that's the opportunity, though. Like when you have, mm-hmm. you know, like because Ellinger's price was just, you know, I can't remember what it was, but it was really, really low. And then, you know, any of those guys that are kind of lower down the depth chart, quarterbacks, whatever, backup guys, all it takes is one, one injury and boom, you just, uh, you get to shower in on hundreds. It's fine. I want, so I want, I that want. was the big one. And am I allowed side. to give advice? <laughs> I don't know uh, any of it. I won't, but I, I mean, know, you can, I mean, yeah, I, I would be buying some Sam Howell right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I can say that I was definitely arguing with with our our team about like where he should be priced and whether he's overpriced or underpriced and stuff. And it was fun. Like we had like a two hour call. It was just basically just uh, you know process management. Just just making sure that um, our algorithms were uh, acting the way that they should. And uh, what you know are, where are the value gaps? Are, are we you know adjustments that need to be made in terms of how we're accounting for the market market movements and things like that it's just really fun because we're we're building something that's never been built before uh and it and the people who can trade 
uh, are just eating it up and loving it. So it's uh, when we scaled all 50 states plus and go international, right. it's going to be insane uh, just to see the volume. It's it, it's it's absurd. Like if this thing scales, like we've already kind of drawn out the math and it's it's oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I, I know I, uh, I know I want it to happen in yeah. Colorado sooner than later. So, yeah. Oh, the other guy who's moving a lot, uh, Tanner McKee. Since um, since we with the we were doing the testing, mm-hmm. um, like his price has risen, I think sixty seven percent. Do these which, people not watch college football? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I think that's uh, that is part of the problem, but it also it's just like this time of year. Uh, there's so many um, so many like early early mock drafts and things like that. Well, there's, well, actually, no. There's so few mock drafts uh, that the ones that do come out, everyone just gravitates towards and thinks, oh, that's gospel. I, yeah. I can definitely make, you know, thousands of dollars of investments based on this one article, you know, because <laughs> yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah. And um, and Will, so it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and Tanner McKee are. Yeah, well, yeah. And Levis has, has risen too. Um, but it just is interesting because McKee's actually played rather poorly in, in terms of like his actual analytical profile, but he's still being mocked uh, or at least like ranked highly on, on big boards, like high, high traffic, uh, high traffic big boards. And so that's definitely manipulating the market. It's, it's, it's got people really feeling confident <laughs> this time of that's year, crazy. which is odd uh, to see all the confidence in, in some of these quarterbacks. Uh, in October, um, with poor analytical profiles, but we'll see how it plays out. So it's it's been fun, but uh, we're here to talk about midseason check-ins for uh, you know fantasy football purposes, real football purposes for the NFL side because we talked about college last week and probably won't do it as long of a show. But just want to talk about you know each each position uh, quarterbacks. I think we can kick off with first because it's been such a weird year for quarterback. I mean, we just kind of hit on the Matt Ryan slash. Sam Ellinger situation, an obvious faller kind of name uh, is Matt Ryan. A riser, at least in the short term, is Sam Ellinger. But like, what do you? How do you think that actually plays out this year? Like, is is Ryan just well and beyond? Like, I mean, we wouldn't even have to. This is kind of like a Hall of Fame type of debate type show. But like, what happens now with Matt Ryan? Like, I, I think um, I don't think he really plays again in Indianapolis. I don't think you can move back to him at this point when you bench him like this publicly. Um, it's not like there was rumor of like, oh, no, he, he's injured. He's coming back. Just giving him a break. They're not tied to him long term. I think he starts yeah. again, but not for the Colts. Yeah, it will be interesting because like due to contract situations, there are going to be uh, quite a number of teams that are probably considering a different quarterback uh, next year. But, man, I'm not sure. Not sure he starts again, which which well, stinks because let me say like I in the same way that Joe Flacco starts again. Yeah, okay, I got you. Or he'll he'll be a backup next year and he might come in. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. And what's what's nuts is like when you look at his his career resume, um, he's already like top five, six, seven in virtually every meaningful stat uh, out there, and he has an MVP on his resume, and he has one he's one ridiculous comeback away from having a Super Bowl. Uh, so it, it, as much as like the people, like the purists, the, the small hall people that want to, you know, be really snobby about who gets in and whatnot, he was, he won an MVP in the greatest era of college or not college football of NFL, uh, quarterback play, um, and is top five, six, seven and everything. So there's no way he's not a hall of famer. Like there's just not even really a debate. Um, like whether we think that he deserves it is, is kind of irrelevant because, at the end of the day, he's going to have every box checked that you have to have to, you know, to put on your plaque, um, you know, at some point. So there's, there's going to be kind of a log jam just because of this particular era. But I think a lot of these guys uh, ahead of that we would put ahead of or better than Matt Ryan, uh, they're just going to be first ballot, first ballot kind of guys. And he's going to be, you know, on, on the same ballot as, you know, the Eli Mannings and the Philip Rivers and the Big Bins and stuff like that. Whenever he he uh, decides to uh, wrap things up, uh, and that's where we might see more of a logjam and confusion. But but he is um, he's up there. Uh, but Ellinger, I'm not really I'm not buying long term for sure. Like no, for no. fantasy football purposes, like I, they're like okay, 
it's like you know just come in and be entertaining because you know you had like a hundred and uh let's see 2020 yeah i think so um and so or no it's his second year but he you know he had like 130 total touchdowns in texas you know averaged over 40 yards a game on the ground at texas so he's like he's a fun player but he's uh, he, you know, in his peak season, he was above the 80th percentile in pass efficiency, but um, he's not really like an NFL starter. So, like, well, this will guarantee that we lose some games and <laughs> get in position to take who we actually want. Because um, there's going to be four quarterbacks uh, in the first round next year, it looks like right now. So, uh, yeah, if they could just get one, the, the Colts could be happy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say uh, it's a nice matchup. Or Sammy boy, um, against Washington um, this upcoming week. So, uh, yeah, maybe he can have a nice little uh, a nice little game. Uh, that'd be fun for him. <laughs> it would be, but uh, um, yeah, it is interesting. I saw Matt Ryan a couple weeks ago, uh, the Thursday night game here in Denver, um, mm-hmm. and that was like. One of the last games of his career, possibly. One of the last wins of yeah. his career. I also saw him in... I've seen Matt Ryan beat Russell Wilson twice. Once in Denver and once in Seattle. And it's, uh, oh it's kind of funny. And the one time I ever saw Drew Brees play live for the Saints uh, was a five-interception performance. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. It was like his worst career game ever. I was like, dang, I, ne- I never need to see him play live ever again. It was... <laughs> It was in Atlanta, and uh, it was like like, it might have been the last season of Roddy White's career. Like it's been a bit, Uh, and and it was just the ugliest thing ever for the Saints. And there was clearly a guy who had bet a lot on the Saints that was sitting like right behind us because he just was cussing up a storm the entire game. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate when you see those players in late stages and it's not really who they are. Or they just played a poor game or whatever it is. But, man. Yeah, Matt Ryan. He's on his way out here soon. But uh, I'm on a positive note. I am going to have one GPP with Sam Ellinger just because um, Washington's not very good against running quarterbacks. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for DFS purposes, absolutely. be fun. Um, We can talk about some rising names because there's a lot of people uh, that are surprising that that have risen uh, through the ranks this year. Uh, we thought surely, you know, something's going to change for the Carolina Panthers. You know, it's probably not Ellinger. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield, you know, <laughs> and that's not really in it. And so PJ Walker, uh, you know, he, uh, what is it? Was he in both the USFL and the, uh, the AAF thing? I don't remember. I'm pretty man. sure he was in both. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was in both and crazy. Uh, rises through the ranks. And now he's going to really get some run like this season. Uh, at least to probably prolong his career. He, he this is a really good good opportunity to for him to prove himself and say, "Hey, I deserve to be a full time backup in the NFL." I don't think he's going to be a full time starter at any point. I think there was actually one game where he had a negative eight on too, like which is impressive. Congratulations on that, PJ. Yeah. But uh, just really cool to see his, his value kind of rise. Um, he, he's somebody that you have to kind of have uh, at this point on on your radar for super flex fantasy fantasy leagues, but. Long term, he's probably a, again a backup, but great if you were able to acquire him cheap, and probably is still cheap because he is a, a known band aid quarterback. Yeah, uh, and he got about seventeen points last game. I mean, he he's hitting uh, his deep shots at, at a fifty percent rate. He's yeah. um which is better than a lot of. He's five for ten. You know, is so. he the best quarterback that DJ Moore's ever had? <laughs> Stop it. I, uh, who was DJ Moore's uh, quarterback in college? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, oh my gosh, it, it's a laundry list of, of horrible, horrifying names. But like, like who in the pros? Like he had Cam Newton for a hot second, but it was not like not, not prime not vintage Cam, Cam Newton. Like what year was it when he had that? Like twenty eight? I don't know. Was it was it even the first time that Cam was even? I, I think Cam was gone when he first got there. So it's just it's not not great, you know. Um, In fact, I'm going to try to pull it up. Okay, yes, here it is. So here are his quarterbacks, by the way, dating back to his time at Maryland. uh, Because I wanted to just read this off. It's uh, Dax Garman, whatever that is, Caleb Rowe, Perry Hills, Tyrell Pegram, 
Kasem Hill, Ryan Brand, Max Bortnerschlager. <laughs> That's a real person, by the way. Um, He's listening. Teddy Bridgewater. He actually, he actually just hit me up on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Will Greer, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, the worst of Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, and uh, P.J. Walker. My gosh. By the way, I think I said Ellinger earlier. I meant Darnold. But anyway, yeah, P.J. Walker. Darnold. Okay. Anyway, P.J. Walker. Like, he's got to be at least a top two or three quarterback that D.J. Moore's ever had. <laughs> that's <laughs> rough, is, man. I mean, that's insane when you think about the, just the, the gross. I mean, he had six or seven. I think it was seven quarterbacks in his time. Yeah, seven quarterbacks at Maryland. That's bad. In three years. Yeesh. And it was all bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. We... We don't want that. Bless him. <laughs> Bless his heart, as we say down south. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you I, I think you framed it well. We're not like going nuts over PJ Walker here, but if if you've seen a lot of your quarterbacks go down um and you're in a super flex league, it's nice to have that option. Mm-hmm. Um it could definitely it could definitely be a lot worse. Speaking of guys that we had kind of uh, written off. Uh, or at least we assumed we're backups this year. I mean, three other guys that are obvious risers. Bailey Zappi, who uh, just kind of is apparently amazing. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be surprising. He bro- broke the you know passing yards and passing are touchdowns you, record. Are you huh? buying into Zappi long term? I am. I am. Not like, you know, not so super So is certain. Mac Jones dead? No. I'm just saying, like, at the very least, like, the worst career arc we're talking about is he get he kind of is wasted away in the Patriots, or they trade him away, or something like that, and he's given another starting shot because of what he's done already. Yeah. Um, and so we have to wait, but there's also the the option that uh, you know by the year, year's end, the Patriots have decided actually, this Zappy guy is probably better. Which I I'm not saying that that's even the most likely scenario, but. It's at least intriguing now because of what he's done and uh, what Mac Jones has not done. And if you really look at the, like the nitty gritty analytics of, of of both of their profiles this year, like they're both kind of bad from an EPA per play standpoint, um, like advanced efficiency metrics, uh, you know, whatever over expected. It's not great uh, to be honest, but in, in either case, but uh, Mac Jones has actually been worse. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you got to at least love the fact that. He went from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky and breaking all the records right. for college football uh, with you know sixty oh, plus passing that, yards, I almost six thousand. I bet yeah. that over in that bowl game because I was like, hell yeah! Oh yeah, they're just gonna. Be. Oh yeah, last game of the year. Okay, he's he's. I thought he was gonna get to six thousand passing yards. He didn't, but you know, breaking Joe Burrow's passing yardage and passing touchdowns. And he needed like six touchdowns or something stupid. Yeah, it was, an, it was a lot. And he got it because <laughs> yeah. it was like, we're just going to stomp these people. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but really cool to see him go off. Uh, but then Geno Smith, man, like, yeah, I remember. So before I was even like an analytics person um, and analytics, Twitter and analytics, whatever was very tame and very young. Back when Geno Smith came into the league in twenty, what was it, twenty thirteen? But had he come out in, like this year, Geno Smith's profile in college would have been beautiful. Yeah, like he would have been an analytics darling. Like we yeah. would have said, "Oh my gosh, he dropped to where? That's stupid." NFL teams are wrong, and so for him to actually hit this late in his career and stick around on an NFL roster long enough to do what he's doing now, it's awesome. And he might actually just flat out stick now. <laughs> Like, yeah, I like mean, what are the odds he, he just keeps the job? I get it because the Seahawks apparently are winning. Like I know, <laughs> I, but but they get Denver's first pick. <laughs> they do, and so they have a top ten pick. And so that's, it's like oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. most ironic thing in the world. By the way, I just I know. <laughs> yeah, My I, I'm not betting. So mad. I'm not betting that he does keep the job, but I am betting that who whatever rookie comes in doesn't immediately get the job week one next year. Right. Right. For sure. So, no, it's been fun. Um, another riser who also is hitting 50% of his deep shots is uh, Jalen Hurts. And um, and that he, one's actually relevant, like all the yeah. names we've talked about now. <laughs> <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, man, is proving a lot of people, myself included, wrong. Um, I thought he would be a fantasy football threat because of his running ability, but he's been able to produce passing as well. I mean, he's been uh, a top... 
he's had a top 12 week. Um, what four out of the six weeks that he's played, like he's, yeah. he's been amazing. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that we just, uh, that the NFL, uh, the old hat NFL people just whiffed on hard because they just are really slow at coming around on things. Uh, or they, they thought they understood who you, who he was when he was at Alabama and they thought that, Oh, he just went to Oklahoma and boosted his stats and it's not real. When in all reality, like even when you adjust for the scheme and you scale down some of the things that artificially inflate what what makes quarterbacks succeed at Oklahoma, he was still very much a 98th percentile plus uh, peak profile passer there uh, at Oklahoma. And so when you mix in the fact that his rushing production was uh, absurd, like when you look at all of the uh, like his peak like his peak season for like rushing yard market share was 38 <laughs> percent. <laughs> and you mix that with a 98th percentile pass efficiency. Like he basically has the best profile of, uh, for analytically speaking, of any quarterback in the last seven or eight years, uh, which That's is crazy. It is. It, but like it's just objectively speaking, was he perfect? Like did, was his, his release the most fun to look at, the cleanest to look at? Was his footwork perfect for all you film nuts? No, but like that doesn't matter. Like in today's NFL, as much as it did like right. uh, 15 plus years ago. So uh, would he have worked in the 70s, 80s? Probably not as well. Uh, maybe. But uh, in today's NFL, uh, yes. Uh, Hertz is an amazing starter and should be considered a top five quarterback in the league, maybe? Top five, top seven-ish, top eight? I tried to swap Brees Hall for Jalen Hurts with you um, because I know Brees Hall is like one of your main dudes moving forward. Yeah. And you were hesitant mm-hmm. in a super flex league. And oh, no. I was surprised. Like no, not no. hesitant. Like you you were like, no, I don't want to trade for Brees Hall. But I was surprised. I don't know how much you like Brees Hall. Yeah, but like it's it's, it's Jalen Hurts, man. Like he's I know, but at the beginning yeah. of the year, if, if I just would have shown you Brees Hall and not told you anything about Jalen Hurts, and I would have sent you Brees Hall for Hurts before the season started, you might have been more It would have been inclined. closer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and this is people this, were talking, this was like a lot yeah. of people were talking that Jalen Hurts might not keep the job beyond this year. Yeah, and people who are bad at this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna move down the scale of relevance, but is a, this guy is a starting quarterback in the league? He's a rookie, um, and he's put. I mean, in the in the four weeks he's been active or started, he's finished as a top twenty four quarterback twice. He's had two. QB two performances, uh, and that's Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on him. Uh, this, this whole offense really is um, kind of. I mean, we we talked about them a Real little bad. bit before. It's not fun. It's not. It's it's not a fun thing to watch. Um, but do you think Kenny Pickett moving forward now that he um, didn't they win? Didn't he beat Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it's it's, it's it, weird, weird things are happening this yes. year, man. It's it's upside downsville. And it's kind of bumming me out. I just, it's bumming me out. I want CJ Stroud and Bryce Young to come to the league and save it. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I don't don't think, I mean, it was fun to joke about really liking Kenny Pickett when, you know, he was like the Andy Dalton of of college football. Yes. But, uh, but, you know, when he turned into like a Heisman finalist and a first round, caliber guy i remember like the mock drafts were like i was actually looking at some mock drafts even today uh they were talking about how many quarterbacks were gonna go in the first round uh and like <laughs> bless his heart mjd <laughs> had a had a mock draft with uh like four quarterbacks going in the top 15 uh like he had like <laughs> it was in april too it was like late april like late stages yeah. and it was kenny pickett um and uh, I think Sam Howell, even uh, Malik Willis, and uh, oh man, maybe Desmond Ritter. I think he had like four going in the top fourteen. I was like, man, we're just really bad at this whole quarterback thing, just collectively as a community, or at least people just kind of it like in this group think tank thing, think yeah. tank of an issue. And I, I always Kenny wonder... Pickett is not a normal first round quarterback. Like he's right. just not a first round talent. Right. Um, I was going to go off on a tangent about mock drafting. And we don't need yeah. to do that. Um, okay. Some some obvious fallers. Uh, Russell Wilson, who we've talked about a little bit. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much of it's injury related, although he's still banged up. So 
I just wonder if it's going to be another one of those years. Like he had that one year in Seattle where he got injured early in the season and just looked rough the entire rest of the way. Um, yeah. But um, Matt Ryan, we talked about already the two guys that I really want to hear your take on because um, they're two older gentlemen. Um, Tom Brady, <laughs> the, the old, the OG himself and Aaron Rodgers. Um, are they done? They, um, they, they cooked, man. I would be if my best wide receiver was a running back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's what's happening to Aaron Rodgers. Like they they're like, hey, you know how we haven't drafted any wide receivers in a long time to give you any help? We're just going to get rid of that guy and then not give you any other help that's reasonable. You know, we're going to draft Christian Watson, but he's going to be basically a copy of MVS that's worse. And then Romeo Dobbs is going to be like just enough, just interesting enough to make people get excited. When in all reality, he's still a day three talent, and he's not the answer either. And so, good luck just running your entire offense through Aaron Jones. Uh, screw you, we don't like you, but uh, we keep you around because you sell tickets. Uh, that's that's the posture of the Green Bay Packers, and it has been for ten years. Yeah, they luck lucked quote-unquote, lucked into Devontae Adams. <laughs> For real. Like, they almost made sure that he didn't work out, too. But no, I, th- I don't think he's dead. I think, you know, the, the Packers season this year seems dead. But, like, overall, like, his his numbers um, haven't dropped off crazy. Like, his touchdown percentage is down, uh, which is kind of collective collectively true of the entire league this year uh, in terms of uh, the like tech touchdowns over expected. It's, it's just not where we're used to seeing it. And his yards per completion is down because a lot of his stuff is going to, hey, uh, Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't think he's dead. Um, I don't think he's done. But uh, I think he probably is closer just because the Packers uh, are really inept at uh, drafting uh, skilled position players and have been for forever. Yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous. Um I'm a lot nervous. I think he only has like one top 10 performance so far this year. Um, again, I don't know if it's his fault or not, but the production's not been there. And um, I unfortunately have Aaron Rodgers in numerous super flex leagues. Uh, luckily in most of those, he's my QB two, but still uh, I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like you, like you said, um, everything is, is being thrown short. I mean, uh, everything's within five yards to the line of scrimmage. So that makes it, it, it does make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, do you want to hit a quick break and then we can uh, jump back with some running backs? Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. Let's get to it. There was some huge news um, over this past week, really. Um, we've seen Travis Etienne win the job in Jacksonville so much so that James Robinson got shipped out for a sixth-round pick. Probably more, most likely will become a fifth-round pick, but still not that great of compensation. Um, 
Christian McCaffrey moving for uh, four four picks um, to San Francisco, opening up the Carolina backfield with a uh, Hubbard and uh, Foreman, and then of course uh, we have uh, J.K. Dobbins hit, hitting the pup list um, or IR and 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 the emer- the reemergence the the Undertaker gif next to the wrestling ring popping up and saying Gus Edwards is back. Um, Gus Bus, yeah, yeah, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, these are some really fun, exciting names. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, especially like we've talked about him uh, quite a bit ever since his uh, his onslaught, um, his final year, the, the final uh, what was it, third of the season, or he just took over half season that he just took over. Um, yeah, so it's let's, really let's exciting. Talk about him, let's talk about him because like before we even talk about Etienne or anybody, like he's just his story is so fun because. He wasn't, uh, you know, he he couldn't cut it academically when he when he got to college first, so he ended up going the JUCO route, uh, and uh, you know, just destroyed people at that level of play. I mean, I I, I remember joking about there is draft season, like the number of running backs in his class that had a, t- a two thousand yard season on the resume, and Ramondre Stevenson is one of them because he put up yeah. two thousand yards in a shortened season, like the like JUCO. They don't even play that many games, and he had two thousand yards. It was like right, it was just crushing people. And so, you know, own that job from day one. Uh, and then he shows up to Oklahoma and there's already like a back-to-back, you know, producer, like with a thousand plus yards on the team. But he's like, you know what? You can sit on the bench. Uh, I'm going to, by the, by years in, I'm going to be basically the, the running back one. He, you know, had to miss some, some time with the sus- suspension going into his final season, but came in right into the mix and got his job back immediately and stomped on people for like yard, like 900 yards from scrimmage in his final six yeah. games. Uh, and so I mean, like every single year he, he was like, I'm going to take your job. Um, I'm going to be out for some time and I'm going to take my job back. And then he <laughs> shows up to the league is like, Hey, by the way, your job is mine now. And so <laughs> he's doing it again. And so for him to just continually at every stage, exceed expectations at every stage, just show up and be like, Hey, guess what? I'm six foot, 230 pounds. I'm faster and stronger than you. And your job is mine now. Yeah. I mean, if you look back since week three, um, he's had over 17 opportunities, 17, 19, 27, 24, and 19 opportunities um, in those games. He's become a focal focal point, maybe strong of a word for that New England offense. But I mean, if as running backs go in New England, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's getting a lot of work. And I mean, he had eight targets this last week and he hauled all of them in <laughs> like, yeah, he only had 60 yards receiving, but still eight receptions, 60 yards, and then um, you know another 40 yards on top of that. Like, what? pretty, pretty good. And, and really, uh, when we when we talk about this, like his snap percentage, man, 90 percent, 86 percent, and 77 percent in the last three weeks. Wow, like that's yeah. So jobs his now. Um, I, that's I mean, just where we are, which is so. Yeah, like Garrett Blunt 2.0, maybe. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I really like Ramondre Stevenson. He does uh, have kind of a tough stretch um, from like yeah. 13 on. Perfect. Perfect. Well, then in that window, go acquire him in all your leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Buffalo. Air, like the playoffs are not great for him. Although week 17, uh, he gets Miami. So that could be kind of fun. Um. But yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, definitely fun. But I'd love to hear your take because you 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 like Travis Etienne quite a bit. I'm a Jacksonville guy. Um, and I think it's um, interesting that they went ahead and went this route. They did. They, this regime didn't. But obviously, he went in the first round, was injured. And now it looks like he's got this backfield uh, to himself, unless maybe our boy Snoop Connor has a few things to say. But um, yeah, what? Is the sky the limit for uh, Etienne here? You know, <clears throat> I think it is because uh, he is a legitimate first-round talent. We knew he was for a couple years. We had questions about his receiving ability. Maybe uh, it was probably after his sophomore season. I think that was the offseason right before his junior year where he actually admitted that like he was scared when the ball came at him when he was trying to make catches. But he worked on it. He improved it. And we saw an uptick in his, in his production in that regard. And now... Um, you know, coming into his rookie season, they were talking about converting him to a wide receiver for a, a little bit, which is just because Urban Meyer is, is now senile and, and broken. <laughs> but um, 
you know, he's even even with the, the the ugly timeshare that never made any sense earlier this year with him and James Robinson. Uh, he's still on pace for like almost fourteen hundred yards on the scrimmage already right now uh, on the season, and uh, we're probably going to see an uptick in his usage. And they've already talked about an uptick in his usage, so we could see Travis Etienne coast to fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage this year. And if that's the case, and he is who he is, and he is the age that he is, then he's going to be considered a top two startup pick in dynasty leagues, like you know, a few weeks from now. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Question for you. Um, they have used Travis Etienne and James Robinson both effectively. Do you think? Um, do you think? Like for example, Etienne and Robinson have both been worthy starts many weeks this year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Jamichael Hasty or Snoop Connor is worth picking up in a deeper league? I know that sounds like and, a in a super deeper league, Connor's <laughs> in, interesting, uh, but he's worse than even Robinson. So I'd, I, I think it's it's not going to be a similar split in snap share or target share or anything share. Uh, Easy is just going to eat a larger chunk of the work, and so sure, I mean. As, as far as like a, hey, zero RB kind of flyer situation, sure, but. Don't go using your number one waiver priority on Snoop Connor. <laughs> no. no, no, definitely not. Let's talk about McCaffrey heading over to San Francisco. We got to see a little bit of him last week. Um, I was surprised he got as much uh, time on the field as he did, in all honesty. I did start him where I had him because. Christian McCaffrey. If you have him, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like, have him, you kind of wasn't. Be... I wasn't gonna lay like no, he's not gonna play, and then him go off for like 146 yards and three scores. Um, yeah. So I'm higher on him today than I was, you know, a week and a half ago. Where are you? I am too, just because I mean he only had like what 30 percent of the, the snaps this week, and uh, that's probably going to be completely uh, inverted, probably closer to 70 percent uh, snaps here soon. Yeah. Um, when he's healthy, he's amazing. And so if he can avoid freak injuries, that would be awesome. Um, I am not a doctor and I'm not an injury specialist on Twitter as, as, as there are, <clears throat> there is, is a growing number of those guys. Oh, I'm I not one of them. Am, so we can get into it in a minute. Okay. You're, you're an injury, injury expert. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what, I mean, what do you think? I mean, like, cause I, I don't know what to think about like the, the chances that if, if him having another recurring situation, it, I, I, it's hard no. to bet against that happening. Right. Here's the thing. Like, obviously I don't know shit about injuries and all that, but there's people in the San Francisco organization that do, and they were willing to give the go ahead on a move that uh, is giving up a lot of uh, future capital. So uh, they think he's fine and good to go. They paid him. They paid enough to get him like the opportunity cost is for decent players uh, to acquire yeah. Christian McCaffrey. They're going to use him. Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's running back. It's the NFL. I don't care actually if it's running back wide receiver, whatever uh, there's injuries that, that happen and sure it could hit him, but um, man, when he's, when he's good to go, like you said, um, that's amazing. And we were paying up for Jeff Wilson, you know, imagine what Christian McCaffrey can do there. Yeah, exactly. No, so no, no shade intended, Jeffrey. No, but I, yeah, I think you know as much as we've seen Saquon Barkley's price uh, work his way back up to is he uh, you know the best running back in football again? I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be right back in the mix, yeah, right and there I think with him. The Saquon take, I thought it was so obvious this year. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I like he was been... dropping like round three and redraft. And I was like. Yes, and thank he, you for the free points. Do, I appreciate yeah, that. I don't do much redraft, um, but when I did, I took Saquon Barkley in the every, second every round. time. Every yeah. time, yeah. it's like that's that I is have free money. I appreciate the two to three extra wins automatically. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, Christian McCaffrey left a pretty big hole in uh, Carolina. Uh, do you yeah. feel one way or the other with Chuba Hubbard, who we obviously really? Uh, enjoyed talking about when we were doing college football, you know, not too long ago, uh, he was an absolute stud at Oklahoma state. And then of course, uh, Foreman who has had a real kind of struggle start to his career with that Achilles injury. Um, so do you have a strong take a strong lean one way or the other? Yeah, I do. Um, I still actually believe in Chuba Hubbard. Um, I, I know I'm one of the few that does at this point. 
because uh, a lot of people that want to uh, use yards per carry as a, as, as a stat that means anything. And we'll say, well, he only had 3.6 yards per carry last year. He's not good, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't really care um, because at the same time, like he was in, immensely efficient in every other segment of his, his career. He is still one of the fastest players uh, at the position. And uh, I, while he's not the receiver that Christian McCaffrey is, I think he's the best bet to work his way into a decent receiving yard market share role there, uh, not Deontay Foreman. Uh, and so I, I think I, I'm definitely uh, not. Expe- I'm not expecting Chris McCaffrey numbers. It's just, and it's like, but I, I've seen a lot of takes where it's, oh well, uh, good. You know, the, the correct answer to the you know Panthers backfield is no, right? <laughs> and, and it's like that's just lazy. And yeah. uh, you know, it's oh, it's like oh, it's going to be a running back by by committee. Yeah, so is every other backfield for the most part, except for like three. Um, so yeah, um, there's the there's value play. Uh, the best long-term play, even short to whatever term play, is Drew Hubbard there. Yeah, you sold me. So <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, no, I I like it. I think it I think it could be um, really uh, fun. Let's uh, let's talk about maybe some of the more disappointing names. Um, uh-huh. We talked there a little bit. We 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 <laughs> talked a little bit about Pittsburgh. Uh, we talk a lot about Pittsburgh, um, and it's all negative. And Najee Harris isn't the problem there. That offensive line is, um, but Najee Harris from an outlook, uh, what this season I think we kind of it's done. Uh, what do you think long term? Or and if and if you think I'm wrong on that take, please let me know. It's just funny how how the mighty fall so quickly in the NFL, right? Like they have like one four or five week bad stretch, and it's like, well, they should probably just retire. Well, they're just garbage, and um, Najee Harris is still a monster. Uh, he's not getting virtually anything um, uh, like we saw last year. Obviously, the efficiency is gone. Even like yards after anything is gone. Uh, so it's it's really a shame because he's like not even averaging 50 rushing yards a game. Yeah. Um, and even his re- receiving volume is down. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just thought thought there would be more. But uh, I think there's you've got to be concerned um, at this point. Because uh, he's in a really good spot to disappoint for the entire season long, and it looks like he's not even going to get to, um, you know, a thousand yards on the season, which is pretty hard to do in seven, <laughs> seventeen games these days. I mean, heck, Lamar Miller could do it back in the day, uh, a few years in a row. <laughs> so, right. uh, if Najee can't, that's a problem, and the quarterback precision is going to be a problem for a while, um, maybe for like the entire duration of his rookie career the offensive line could be a problem for the entire duration of his rookie uh, rookie sorry rookie contract um so yeah i don't think he can even be considered a uh you know like a top 10 running back at this point which is painful but that's just the reality like most of the like he, I think doesn't, talked even about this have, he doesn't even have a top 10 finish on i know week. this is it's just like we got we got to adjust to the new information and yeah. just call it like it is um, and it's situation, man. It's just killing him. Like situation is propping up Damian Pierce to no end, and situation is killing Najee Harris un- unfairly. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, his his best performance in PPR this season is is fifteen and a half points, and that's that's definitely not what we signed up for. I'm in a guillotine league, and uh, I blew so much. I know have a great team, and so I was yeah. like, we after week one, I was like, man, I need to make a change. I spent so much money for Najee Harris because that team lost. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now I feel like a big dum-dum. And uh, I've probably got one more week after this one, and then I'm out. Uh, but, hey, I've almost made it halfway through the season. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Spending money well, on Najee was a mistake. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Well, let's, let's not talk about too many followers. Just a couple of other intriguing guys we like, though. Like Kenneth Walker, uh, a couple weeks ago. or Sorry, Ken Walker, whatever. Uh, he... You were taking him super early. I think you took him took him fifth in the uh, the mock draft. Like if we like redoing the rookie dra- draft yeah, this year, I took him early. that seems really smart at this point. You know, it's like he's definitely a top five rookie in this class now, going off in, in I guess a couple instances already. Um, so uh, are we valuing him similarly to we to what we just were with Brees Hall, or is that too aggressive? Not for me, um, but I was I had them a lot closer going into the season. To be honest. Um, I, 
I liked uh, the situation. I didn't have to not touch you. I didn't like the situation for Ken Walker from like a talent around him perspective, but opportunity to break in um, seemed real good with Chris Carson's injury. Um, and then the way Pete Carroll has been using running backs, like everyone gets a shot and he's shown that he doesn't care who's been paid. He doesn't care who was drafted, where whoever, whoever's producing gets the rock. And I just had faith that Ken Walker was going to be able to out touch Rashad uh, Penny. Now, I don't know if that would have taken place. You know, obviously the injury <laughs> makes all the difference in the world um, because Penny was getting the majority of the work, but Ken Walker, he's not giving the job back. Um, mm. This is no, gonna no. Be, this is going to be his um, forever. Um, yeah. So he immediately looks like a top, like what top five dynasty running back, like day one, just because of his age and I mean the age opportunity, the production. I mean we're coming off of freaking thirty, almost thirty point game. So I also had him in every lineup in DFS last week. So my recency bias has me. Uh, I've got uh, heart eyes over here for for one Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, so um, okay. yeah. I mean, he's definitely top 10, if not close to top five yeah. at this point, just because of the age and the opportunity, my, which is amazing. My, my instinct is to say, like, yes, top five, but, like, I have to sit and think about it, you know? like I would, too. I think I, it'd be really tough to actually rank him like that, especially, like, yeah. But he, he's close either way, which is incredible. So buying all in there, I think we're buying all the hype there. Damian Pierce, though, man, I was arguing with some people at Mojo today just about, like, his price and, like, you know, like, where he is and, you know, people were quoting like, "Well, where he is in like the rookie, uh, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year voting." And I was like, "I just like I don't think it. I, I'm not sure it matters. Like, like long term, right? Um, like so, because man, he's he's competing with Rex Burkhead, uh, yes. and that's basically it. So I'm not I confident. To, I had to start Rex Burkhead in no league last week because I had so many. I had a Dude, I did too. I did too. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. What is my life? I know. know. (laughs) And so, cool story, and and he's going to produce for you this year. Uh, He, again, time and time again, I think I've said this this all all this offseason, he went into the spot where we all wanted them to go because we knew there was no one there. He was going to have free reign to just dominate all the touches and all the things. Uh, But what's funny to me, despite his massive success, uh, like his, his snap rate has not been as dominant as you would think. Like he had one week where, well, actually it's only been one week where he actually had over 70% of the, the running back snaps. And that's when you're splitting with Rex Burkhead yeah, and no one else essentially. Uh, so it's not really a, a vote of confidence for me. Um, his production is there again this year. Great. Ride it out. Awesome. Maybe buy in if you need like a championship boost. But like if we're talking about long term here for Damian Pierce, like what are the odds that he sees some running back and next year's pretty stacked class join him and eat into his workload significantly or pass him in in overall workload? Yeah, I think that's probably likely. But we are supposed to be being positive at this point. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Well, enjoy the points this year. Join the points. Um, No, I was go do it. Whatever. Four of the six weeks he's played, his uh, fantasy points over expectation are in the the wrong direction. Let's just say that. So he's not getting everything that is out there for him, which uh, is also interesting. Exactly. Um, He's he's, he's just, it's volume, it's opportunity, and that's what most of fantasy is. But the other part, you know, it matters if you're actually good enough to keep your job long term. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I think people are, are real split on um on him you know there's not very many people yeah. kind of uh in the middle i think you just talked to me too much because i think most people are all in at this point but uh yeah interesting what if we, <laughs> i don't, we don't know we don't have him on the followers list but i just i just noticed that you had kyron williams as an intriguing guy so cam Akers, i don't know what's happening there like can someone i mean long-term cam Akers is someone enlighten me who please? knows like is uh, he done with like, the rams like done, done. Maybe, uh, but Daryl Henderson's even like missing time, uh, like with an illness or something, th- just this week. So like, there's an opportunity for Kyron Williams to come in and uh, redeem himself from the 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 forty yard dash debacle at the combine this oh. year that derailed uh, what seemed to be a top five in the class kind of kind of profile outside of him just being a, a little too skinny. Uh, but for a long time, like we we. Like Kyron Williams, like real draft Knicks, like 
Kyron Williams, like multiple, like a year plus out from when he was coming in. Uh, we all like Kyron Williams. Uh, so I think if he gets an opportunity, um, again, it's, it's about opportunity. So uh, he could see an uptick in production and that he basically has none. And so <laughs> yeah. um, he could be somebody that could be rising. And so he's intriguing to me in the short term and he's super cheap to keep uh, in the long term as well. So he's, he, he could be a fun little uh, zero running back zero yeah. RB type of target um, given that we still probably believe in, in the talent. Right. Yeah. That, I, I think it could be interesting. I, uh, I wasn't aware of, of Henderson's missing time. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, let's, let's jump over to wide receiver. If that's all right with you. Um, we've yep. got a couple themes. We've got a couple teammates, um, two teammates on two various teams that we want to talk about. And then we've got a bunch of mores in the fallers category. So uh, some interesting <laughs> trends here on a uh, late night C to C, but um, man, I think, I think the wide receiver duo that has surprised me the most this year is uh, like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are what I was hoping <laughs> that Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy would be with Russell Wilson, but no, Tua has um, been able to um, get the production and either, even when Tua was out, like Skylar yeah. Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, like, Waddle and Hill are producing. They're what both top ten, top twelve uh, wide receivers uh, so far this year. And um, I was I obviously Tyreek Hill's been amazing, um, but I thought leaving Kansas City, going to to Miami, I was very skeptical. And Jalen Waddle, I wasn't sure what to expect from him um, when he got drafted by Miami. I was like, that's a bad spot. And they're both proving me wrong. Well, I mean, it's just people um, I, were just unreasonably low on Tua. Uh, I think that was the thing, you know, and and really it's it's going to be a step down when you when you go from playing with Patrick Mahomes to, well, virtually any other human being right. that's ever walked the face of the planet. And so, yeah, it, it was it was obviously that, oh, well, it's going to Tua. And I think a lot of people just that. uh uh, you know, don't know football or don't know Tua or assume that his his arm was weak because of some video they saw on Twitter. Um, you know, we're just making poor decisions. But I think, you know, there were a lot of people that were concerned about the volume. I was too, just because I'm like, man, Waddle just saw all that work. How does he get all the targets now? Um, but what they've done is essentially just funneled the entire offense through those two players. That's what it is. It's Tyreek Hill, 78 targets. Jalen Waddell, 54 targets. The next has 26 wow. like targets. And yeah. so that's in funnel offenses, man. That's that's every single year we see a few that do this and succeed because they understand like, hey, these guys are it. Like these guys separate. They're always open. Why would we target our wide receiver four when we yeah. have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? Like why would you ever target Trent Sherfield? Like I'm sorry, dude. Like you are bad at football. You went to Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, it's Vanderbilt season ticket holder here. He was not <laughs> a good wide receiver. I have no idea what he's doing on an NFL roster. And so if you have the opportunity to target Tyreek Hill or, or Trent, you know, you're going to, you're going to go with Tyreek every single time. And so you should. Um, you should. And so I think that, that yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Russell Wilson is the targeting Eric Saubert. <laughs> like, get the oh my gosh. Out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit their tight end four up the seam that no one cares about and no one even knew was on the team until he targeted him right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, Tariq Hill, good at football. Jalen Waddle, good at football. Tua Tengaloa, good at football. So that, that works. A good combination. Uh, the yeah, and it's like, oh my goodness. You mean the guy who had like one of the most efficient passive passing seasons of all time and went to Alabama is actually good at football? Right. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's people have no idea what they're talking about. It's so cute. Uh another another duo on the same team. Let's go over to Philadelphia. Um, Devonta Smith, another one of those um amazing uh Alabama wide receivers, and then of course AJ Brown, who comes over in the trade. And um, they're both playing extremely well. Um, both are producing. I'm I'm pretty high on both these guys. And, uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. a pretty exciting time if you're an Eagles fan. Like, we talked about Jalen Hurts earlier. Now we're talking about these guys. And meanwhile, Miles Sanders, who we didn't even mention, um, has all of a sudden been like, actually, no, I do score touchdowns. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, running back one in the 2019 class, Miles Sanders. Uh, 
Not really, because it's obviously been Josh Jacobs. But, I mean, Miles Sanders has been really good this year. I mean, what, he's got like over 80 rushing yards per game. Um, he doesn't have much of receiving production, but that's because all the <laughs> receiving production is going to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah. So, I, I'm loving it. And A.J. Brown, like, I just kind of mentioned this the other day. It's like, I still cannot believe how, how just casually the tight end is just completely – grabbed AJ Brown and yeeted him out the window just with no regard for like what that meant for their offense. It was just, yeah. I well, guess we got he Traylon was, Burks. we'll be fine. He's, looks yeah, I mean, the same. it's just, man, it's like, uh, like yeah. Mike Brabel is such a good coach, but John Robinson is like bottom five GM and, and clearly just does not embrace any analytical takes whatsoever. But uh, yeah, AJ Brown. I mean, like, it's funny. Like yeah, I, I mentioned, uh, if you even try to criticize any like fan bases team, they freak out. Like Titans fans follow me because of stuff I used to do, like beat work for SB Nation and whatever before, and uh, and so they were all up in arms because I was upset about AJ Brown leaving or whatever. And they're like, "Oh, he he wanted to leave anyway and go play with his friend, and he's basically you know got the same production as he was doing last year." I'm like, "No, no, yeah. you're just really bad at math because he's about ten percent." <laughs> 10% higher on like targets and re- on uh, receptions and yards pace. He, he doesn't have all the, the touchdowns yet, but those will come. Uh, and so it was obvious, obviously a better situation for AJ Brown because he goes to a team that doesn't waste 20 years worth of wide receiver play like the Titans. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We've struck a nerve. Um, a Just a of- little. I, a couple of fallers. <laughs> I, I mentioned we can we can talk about some mores. Uh, we've got Elijah Moore, who apparently isn't allowed to play for um, the Jets anymore. Um, I don't know what that was about. It's like non-injury related, yeah. not playing, but he still has a future. And like a year ago, he was like supposed to be amazing. Uh, Rondale yeah. Moore, who you know, with um, Hop coming back, uh, curious to see what's going to happen there. And then DJ Moore. I mean, we were talking about PJ Walker a little bit, and DJ Moore coming off a big game, but um, yeah, we talked about the quarterback. I just hope he gets traded. Please get traded, DJ Moore. Please, Panthers, just trade DJ Moore. Like he's just so much better than whatever your franchise is trying to do. He deserves better. Really does. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, disappointing. We talked about that pre-show, but man, like what Cortland Sutton? I guess squeaks into the top twenty-four, twenty-five, but yeah. Jerry Judy, man, like, how do we project him to have much success at all? Like, he was supposed to be this, oh, he's going to be Russell Wilson's Tyler Lockett. And nope, not really. So, I mean, no one appreciates, I mean, Seahawks fans do, but Tyler Lockett is not just some quick, small, good receiver. The dude is elite at catching a football. Like, dude makes ridiculous catches. Um and for a, a slider or frame dude, he makes some uh, contested catches. So um, tough, tough act for anyone to follow. But yeah, Jerry Judy, um, he started off uh, that week one, um, you know, with a, a, tw- a 20 point outing, which is good. But then his only other decent game over 15 points was last week against the Jets uh, when Rippon was the quarterback. So like uh, with Russ, like week two, two points, week three, four points, you know, like nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. And, um, oh, it's, uh, it's bad. Like if you look at the, the efficiency rates for like the, the passes in that five to 15 yard, um, um, range, it's, uh, they're, they're connecting on fewer than 50% of the targets. Um, and yeah. that's not deep downfield. That's between like a five and 14, a dot, like you not need great. to be, especially maybe, for his maybe role. they sync up by season's end. I mean, maybe it doesn't continue to get worse, but it's. Not what we wanted when, no. when we saw Russell Wilson going over to uh, the Broncos. So, yeah, well, let's uh, let's kind of finish up the show here with talking about some of the young guys, some of these intriguing rookies, and um, I want to talk about someone who I know you're you're a huge fan of, and and the production has just been insane. And yes, things have fallen his way in terms of injuries surrounding him, but Chris Olave, man, um, the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and another guy was we were talking about, uh, you know, how his price uh, should be on Mojo today. Just like, man, uh, he's kind of doing not quite what, uh, you know, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were doing, but it's kind of ramping up to get close 
Yeah. Like he's had, he's basically averaging almost 10 targets per game at this point, which is, which is not, if he holds that kind of pace, yeah, he could, he could be in the 1400 yard kind of range. He doesn't have a bunch of touchdowns just yet. Um, but when those start to come too, people are going to start to notice, oh, oh yeah, he does have like, you know, 500 receiving yards in six games. And yeah, he does have, you know, doubled the targets of virtually everyone else that plays their wide receiver position uh, there for the Saints. And yeah, maybe things slow down if if MT and uh, Jarvis Landry can stay healthy for a hot second, but When's he's the, the wide receiver one happened? of the future. So yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So Chris Olave, man, like he's to me the clear wide receiver one out of this rookie class, and he should be valued as a, as a top ten dynasty wide receiver for sure, right? I mean, I was gonna say top fifteen, but again, I'd have to like write it all down. Yeah, hey, like he's a wide receiver two one. Two weeks from now, me. maybe we should actually put together our dynasty rankings moving forward. Uh, I think so. That could be, that could be fun. I, th- I think so for sure. Um, but yeah, like I mean, outside of week one, he's had at least a twenty five percent target share in every week in three weeks in that 30% target share. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing. Um, and, and able yeah. to get it done with Andy Dalton. I mean, let's go. Yeah. If you can get it done with Andy Dalton, I think you're, you, you deserve a spot in the hall of fame. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like how good AJ Green would have been had he not been paired with Andy Dalton all those years. Aww. Oh man. It's Just sad. The what ifs, the what ifs. Yeah, but uh, other rookies, man, like there's I mean, I like Drake London. I like George Pickens, obvious and obvious Uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, with the right quarterback, apparently. But you you were talking about questions on uh, Wondell Robinson before we uh, hit record. Like what what do you what do you think his upside is with the Giants? Well, so the thing is, is I don't think much of Wondell Robinson at all. I'm not like intrigued. I'm not very passionate about him. I have very little positive to say. It's like a man, whatever wide receiver. But like I was listening to JJ Zacharyson the other day and he loves Wandale Robinson. And so I'm like, I need to talk to people smarter than myself because I'm clearly missing something here. Um, he did have a 30% uh, target share uh, last week against Jacksonville, which was twice as much as he had against Baltimore. Um, but man, I don't know. Like, I don't feel great about it. I'm I'm not that excited about him, but I know other people are. So I was curious what your take was. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's just there's not really a whole lot of proven uh, producers around him. I mean, the team's wide receiver one this year has been Richie James. As much as I think that's really cool uh, that he's he's had this uh, kind of mid career, late career resurgence or whatever one whatever we want to say. I mean, you know, I really liked him coming out of school, MTSU, kind of a local. Local legend here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, but, yeah, the, not a bunch of uh, proven producers there around him. Darius Slayton is supposed to be a thing again now. Uh, but uh, to me, it's just they're going to keep swinging and trying at the wide receiver position. Uh, and they, they could trade away, uh, or at least get rid of, discard Kenny Galladay here soon. And, and there's already happens? been buzz about uh, them discarding Kadarius Tony. So, if nothing else, I mean, the, their argument is just there's a lot of targets that should be available uh in the future yeah i i i'm still not i don't understand like the fall of kenny galladay will always be one that i did not see coming (laughs) you know yeah um but yeah i uh i was just curious what your take was because i was i was very unsure um i think it's all opportunity driven he's going to be a super inefficient volume guy uh, for his whole career, like that's pretty much what he was at Nebraska. That's pretty much what he was at Kentucky, and that's what he's going to be in the pros. And so, yeah, um, his upside is incredibly limited. He is never going to be a wide receiver one. His size is very limiting. Uh, so, yeah, I think you know if he if you can get a top twenty four season out of him here and there, cool. But that's probably the cap. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, one other receiver that I'm excited about that I wanted to just hit on real quick is Christian Kirk. Um, they spent yeah. big money, so maybe it's not that surprising, but it's fun to see <laughs> that he's actually getting used. Um, I still yeah. would like to see the targets come up. Um, he's been hovering around that like mid 20%. Uh, he's had a couple big weeks. Um, but yeah, be curious to see as Trevor Lawrence continues to improve, like we talked about. Um, yeah, if they can get some more talent around there in the future, um, Lawrence with Etienne, Kirk, and you know, maybe. Uh, a first round wide receiver next year, maybe 
uh, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, could be good for that offense. Throw some Evan Ingram in there. Uh, speaking of Evan Ingram, do we even want to talk about tight ends? I mean, we can we can hit on hit on it, but there's it's it's probably the grossest it's ever been at the position. Like Kyle Pitts is supposed to be the savior of the tight end position, and he's been the biggest disappointment uh, of all this year. And uh, the older guys are, I mean, Kelsey, he should probably stick around and do what he's been doing. Like that's, that's not a surprise. Mark Andrews, we don't really need to talk about like he's, he's going to be the new Kelsey as soon as Kelsey starts to fall off. Like there's almost no debate. And then Pat Farmuth has been kind of cool. Like he's, you know, he, he got some good junk time production this past week. Uh, David Njoku um, has been, has had moments. And so I guess he's kind of a technically a, a riser. Yeah, uh, and we always knew his with Watson when Watson comes back because I could see that all going away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, it could definitely could. But then, I mean, you can take a moment to just brag on your Greg Dulcich pick, right? Yeah, woo, woo, woo. I called it. Um, I was so I was actually um, I was dancing when Dulcich scored that <laughs> touchdown. It's like, yeah. yes, are you kidding me? This is amazing. <laughs> as soon as he started getting snaps, I, I was I and the I, in fact that the moment that I I was finishing, I, I've been doing all these updates for Mojo. Like anytime a rookie like get starts seeding snaps, like uh, the content team wants a bunch of feed feedback, uh, or sorry, they want a bunch of bullets to put on on different. TikToks and tweets and whatever. So I, was, I feed the t- the content team some stuff. I feed the traders uh, and other guys some stuff. And as soon as I dropped it in all the channels in Slack, the moment I did is when he scored the touchdown. That's awesome. Because uh, I was like, he, uh, he he's going to make a big play real here, here soon. I even said he's going to make a big play here soon. When he does, this is what you need to know. And I hit send. <laughs> next play, boom, touchdown. It was amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um I did trade for Daniel uh, Bellinger in a you have to start two tight ends um, league, which is like taking a golf shoe to the forehead. Um, <laughs> not not fun starting two, not fun starting two no. tight ends. Uh, no, but Daniel not. Bellinger, come on over. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that's probably all the time we have on the uh, for the midseason report here. Yeah. But we tackled tons of players. Hopefully, this is helpful. If you guys have any questions, find us on Twitter. I'm FF underscore Travis M. Stefan is Stefan Lico. That's L-A-K-O. Stefan Lico. Uh, but man, I, any any parting words or wins or wisdom? I almost said wisdom. That should probably be a thing for, yeah, for, uh, for fantasy yeah. football. That's how we but, do uh, it. But any parting words before we go? None at all. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for more football. It it doesn't feel like we should be like mid season. Yeah, I don't feel like yeah. I'm in midseason form yet. We're past um, that for college, which yeah, is insane. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, if you do, if you all do want to listen to some college betting stuff, Matt and I dropped our episode um, earlier this week, so so you can listen to that. Get some some of our bad takes there. Uh, we actually had a uh, Colby Dant on last week for uh, nice. from the college football experience, uh, yeah. and that was super fun. So um, yeah, we have a good time over there. But yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, Denver Jacksonville, my hometown against my team. It's going to be a barn burner in London. Nice. Yeah. Well, and at least I have the Titans to uh, get excited about. They're going to win the division with with ease now. So that's kind of cool. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's all crazy town. All right. We'll be back with you all next week with a college-focused episode. Um, and then the week after that with some NFL stuff. So uh, stick around for all that. We do appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe follow button so that you can uh, get these as soon as they release. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.